Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Preview podcast as we look ahead to Saturday's fixture, the 5th of October, away against Lincoln City. My name's Frankie Francis. In the studio with me this evening is Chris Weatherspoon. Hello. Hello. Good and we also have Michael Loff as well. Good evening. Good afternoon, uh, good evening, or good morning, wherever you are listening to this. So last week I got some praise for giving some Friday positivity in the intro, so we should do that again. If it's Friday, you've made it to the weekend. Well, almost. Friday morning. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to be speaking about this weekend's fixture down at Lincoln City. Um, We'll be speaking about the Fleetwood game being postponed. Our team most likely to play Lincoln. Uh, Any updates on the takeover? I don't think there is any, so we probably won't have much to talk about that. And we'll look at Lincoln City as well. Uh, I guess the the main story out of Sunderland this week, uh, lads, is the the fact that we've postponed this game against uh, Fleetwood. Um, a lot of people were expecting the squad to be strong enough to be able to still play with uh, play these games if there was international call-ups. I think that was the the rationale in recruiting a, such a good number two keeper, at least. Um, but there has been a bit of frustration from some fans over this decision. Um, Michael, do you want to start us off? I mean, first of all, do you think we should have postponed the game? No, absolutely not. I mean... I was just going to make the same point you've made there. What's the point of having Lee Burge as a really good, solid number two keeper if you're not going to use him? And I think it might even damage his confidence a little bit for Jack Ross is essentially saying, we don't trust you to deputise for McLaughlin, particularly when McLaughlin's had a little bit of inconsistent poor form. It would be quite a nice way to introduce Burge into the team without having to drop McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have been mutually beneficial that way. And then not only that, I think that Flanagan, would you say, now he's our fourth choice centre-half? Well, I don't know. Yeah, he's, 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 he's probably knocked down the pecking order since the, the introduction of Joe Lynch. Definitely. And then, um, obviously, you can have all nine who can fill in at right back, as we've shown, he plays everywhere. So I just really don't get the, the rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. Chris, your thoughts initially? Um, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a weird one. Um, like, like, as we've said, I think we probably do have um we've certainly got the numbers to kind of fill the places and i mean ross has said himself that he feels like fixture pilot well i'm pretty sure he's gone on record and said that he, he doesn't want a fixture pilot mm-hmm. i mean we're we're doing well in the cup I'm not, I'm not saying we should be throwing the cup away but obviously that's added to the game so lumping this up it, it it does strike me as a weird one I, it's weird because even today in, in his quotes I've, I've just got them up there so i can definitely remember what he said he he said, um, we don't want to build up the fixtures, but then we've had three call-ups, two of which made a part of the back five on Saturday. Now, yeah, okay, that's that's fair enough, but 
I think like like Mickey's just said, like for one game, is it is it really the end of the world? I, I don't know if Fleetwood are Fleetwood are up there. At yeah, the moment, Fleetwood but... are looking decent, so maybe that's probably that probably has factored into it. But I mean, as I've preached all season, I I feel like we shouldn't we shouldn't be kind of putting ourselves on a, like a level plane. We should we should be looking and saying, look, yeah, we're good enough to go and beat teams. And I think it is it is an odd one. I, I find it strange that the manager has, in a way, contradicted himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just before you make a point, mate, just to clarify, the, the players that have been called up are uh, John McLaughlin, uh, the other McLaughlin, Colin McLaughlin, and Flanagan, and Benji Kimpyoko as well, we think. So, um... Oh, well, he'll be a big miss because <laughs> he's played so much this season. Sorry, I interrupted you, mate. Yeah, I also think that it creates a bit of unnecessary pressure on Jack Ross himself because people yeah. are already making a lot of parallels between this season and last season. Yeah. And I just think that now it gives people an easy excuse to say, oh, well, last season, this is why we didn't get promoted, even if that wasn't the reason. In reality, it gives people that narrative to go on, go on and say that. Yeah, it's kind of... it, like. I mean, I think we'll all agree that there's some people who've made their mind up on Jack Ross. Like, yeah. um, I'm not not going to pass a comment on that. Um, I probably agree with um, certain elements of the argument and that, but I don't think this was this was going to help. I mean, um, were you thinking people might use this against him? Well, yeah. I, well, I th- I think yesterday you only had to look and think, like, look at the re- responses when it was announced. A lot of people were like, "What's he playing out? Why has he done that?" And like. I mean, to my mind, I don't know who makes these decisions. Yeah, let's bring that as a broader point. Who makes that call, do you think? It's, to my, it's, it's to just... my mind, it should be the manager. Like, right. surely, like, what? what is anybody else? It, why is it anybody else's business, if you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. like, the chairman, surely not getting involved in that, or the head of recruitment or whatever. Like, this is about a match day. This is when a match is getting played. So, to my mind, it, it should be the manager. We've had no inkling to su- suggest it's not. And, I mean, Ross has come out today and kind of justified the decision which would make you think that it is his decision. So I do find it a strange one. And look, we all know he's been under a bit of pressure recently. And I'm not, I'm not saying that if, if he thinks the squad is going to be severely weakened, that he should play the game just to avoid getting criticised. Mm. But at the same time, I don't feel like the squad's going to be severely weakened. So it, it, it is an odd one. I can, I can understand it in a sense because, look, we've, we'll, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but I think we'll all agree O'Neill and added a lot to the centre of midfield at the weekend and uh-huh. has in the cup games. So if he's having to go back to right back, maybe everybody's focusing on the goalkeeper, but maybe that's like the big decision that has like forced Ross's hand, so to speak. But I, I do find it an odd one. Mm. I do find it strange. I agree with a point you made before wholeheartedly where you said it sends out the wrong message. Because for me, it doesn't matter who we're playing in this league, whether Fleetwood are one of the better yeah. teams. But it does have to be a point where you puff your chest out and say, we're Sunderland. We, we keep talking about we have the best squad in this league on paper. Well, we should prove it by utilising it more. Yeah. Well, we are 10 games into the season now. Let's let's take a little bit step back. And Is this the point of the season where you can start to you know, look at the league and compare it with previous seasons? You know, first time for a long time we can compare it with previous seasons with the same manager in the same league as well, isn't it? Which is... Quite odd for us. Um, but we are 10 games in, won five, drawn four, lost only one, currently sitting on 19 points. Um, was that where you, you expected to be? Um, it, I possibly expected, but not hoped. Right. Um, yeah. I, um, I'll be, I, I think numbers-wise, we've got one of the better squads in the division. I'm still not convinced that quality-wise we do, mm-hmm. um, especially in the centre of midfield, although... As I've just said, I thought O'Neill um, kind of changed the dynamic there. 
in a manner that we've been looking for. We need a bit more energy. Um, so expected. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I'm massively surprised. Like I was when we went down to Peterborough and got beat three 0 As disappointed as I was, I wasn't enormously surprised because for me that was just like months of not playing particularly well, kind of all coming out in in a bit of a thumping. Um, I think, I think, and Mickey, you you probably want to take away from here, but the mood is different to last season, despite the fact we're quite similarly placed to this time last season. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we were just talking before in terms of points were very similar, aren't we? And um, we might have been a couple of places higher in the league last season, but I remember coming in to do podcasts last year and we were all kind of like buzzing for the game coming up on Saturday. Whereas like Craig said last week on the podcast, I'm not saying I'm dreading going to the matches. It's not like the Simon Grayson and Chris Coleman era, but you you kind of go there because you're enjoying the doubt, not really like buzzing for the match or anything like that. Mm. So it's just, I think it's just, as I say, things have just gone a little bit um, stale because people, last year it was new to them going to all these away grounds and like taking over and stuff like that. Whereas now it's kind of like, yeah, it's League One, I've got to go to Arlington again. I've, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, I think that's spot on. I think like it, it's like the novelty's worn off a bit, hasn't it? Like, like say last season, like we're, we get to go to these, without being disparaging, we get to go to these little grounds, these little towns, take over a bit, some of them in town, everyone can have a bit of, bit of fun. And now it's like, well, okay, we've had we've had our fun, we need to get promoted this year. Yeah. And it's okay, we're still going to go to away games, we're still going to have fun, we're still going to enjoy a day out at the match. But like winning the game is now the primary issue. Yeah. And if if we're sort of having middling form again, um, it becomes more of a concern. Yeah, um, speaking. Uh, I, I think last season. Well, sorry to interrupt you, Frankie. It's fine. There was still a kind of. I think we were all saying this time last season when this clicks, yeah. we're going to give yeah, somebody that's a battering. Spot on. Yeah, I uh, think last last season you felt like, I mean, especially when you had Madger up top taking every chance that came to him. You're like, well, at the minute uh, he's taking every chance that comes to him. Um, we've been good in spurts, but we haven't been great for full game. Once we get a, once we get all like cohesive and everyone gets used to playing together we're going to be good for 90 minutes yeah and it and it didn't happen and this season it it has been very similar we've been i would say we've been good in probably fewer spurts yeah. especially attacking and I, I think defensively you could probably argue we've been a bit better um but and i think that's what it is like pe- people don't forget people people remember um the way it went last season that's why not to like retread old ground, but that's why with the fixture pile of people are concerned about it because I think last season, if you had a look at, because I think this weekend last season we had a game um, rearranged. Mm. Pretty sure it was the exact same weekend, and um, and I I don't remember anyone being particularly dismayed by it. It was a kind of, you know, a, a, the a result of us being in that in the in this league. At, at, yeah, the it's like we oh, had well, at the that's time. just unfortunate because Whereas, we've got such quality of players. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now it's like, oh, hang on, this happened last season, and look what ended up happening at the end of the season. We had like eight games in April or whatever. Yeah, that's what's in people's minds now, and I think it's the same with the performances. Mm. And I think like, look, we're fifth in the league. Like we're like we're in a we're in a good position, like ostensibly. But people people remember what happened last year when we were in dominating games and I think the fear is that it takes the exact same route. Yeah. Jack Ross's uh, 75th game in charge on, on Saturday. He's only lost nine. That, which I think he said in his press conference uh, statistically makes him the third most successful Sunderland coach wow. ever, pretty much. You would take that at the start of his tenure, wouldn't you? Probably. I mean, it doesn't say a lot for the other... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. In, in fair, I mean, in fairness... It's a good achievement. 
Yeah, no, it is. And in fairness, he's probably managed more than any of, of our like yeah. last eight or nine or something. Like that. I don't, mm. I don't know the stats on that. Um, yeah, no, it, no. it is all relative. Though. I mean, yeah, I'd love <laughs> if Jack Ross's win percentage, if he managed us in the Premier League or the Championship, but mm. no, he's right to back himself up, and I do yeah. like that about him because I wouldn't want him to become like a shrinking violent and kind of agree with um, the criticism leveled his way. So I'm glad that he does stand up for himself and he's proud of his record. But it's the flip side that last season essentially we lost games when it mattered. Yeah. So we lost twice <laughs> at Wembley. Um, we lost them um, in the promotion games in quite farcical um, circumstances against Fleetwood and stuff like that. I know that we still would have only given ourselves a mathematical chance of getting promoted on the last day, yeah. but it's a kind of statement, isn't it, that you've taken it to the last yeah, it's, day. It's like the, the Coventry game. I mean, the, the Coventry was like a massive implosion yeah. at like the worst possible time, really. And no, you're right. And it, it, it seems to be like a pressure thing. And to, to be fair, though, I, I agree. Like, what the original point was, like, Fair play to him, like why? Why shouldn't he back himself? And like, fair play to him the other week. I think it was, I think it was after the Bolton game when he came out and said, "Look, I'm, I'm a big lad. Like, fire the criticism at me, go mm. for it, kind of thing." And you still got, you still got people criticizing him for that, and you're like, because they were like, "Well, who else are we going to fire?" Mm. And it's like, yeah, but like, we've had managers in the past who've got, who've really like shrugged off responsibility, who've tried to blame it on everyone but themselves. He's turned around and going, "Okay, blame me. Like, put the criticism on me." Like. I, you kind of damned. You get to a point where you're a manager of any football club where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But fairness to him, like, I, I, I think we all would like to see a bit more from the team. But from what he says, like, I, I struggle to find much issue with what he says. Yeah. So, what about the team then? Uh, he said in the press conference today that Ed McGeady and Mark McNulty both trained today, which is encouraging signs for the weekend because we do miss McNulty up front, don't we? We do, and um, I'm making a very stereotypical statement about Lincoln here, but I presume we've got two big like lumps of centre-halves, just purely based on the way that Cowley used to play. I mean, if there's any Lincoln fans listening, which I doubt, I do apologise if you don't have centre-halves like that. But I think um, McNulty's great if you are playing against teams like that who maybe aren't the quickest when they get turned, because he's very good, as we saw, particularly against Rotherham in the Open the Open exchange. He's really good at kind of getting in between the gaps and like making the defenders turn and doing things that don't want to on the ball. And he's just like a ball of energy, so it'll be great to see him back. Yeah, uh, he, he's probably the the you know the, the shining light in our forwards this season, isn't he, McNulty? What do you, what do you think the problem is, perhaps, with the, 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 the strikers? Even on, on Saturday, Wyke had a quiet game, didn't he? Greg did a couple of good touches when he came on, but you were know, talking about 10, 15 minutes here, Chris. Yeah, I think um, I think with Greg, it's a weird one, because, um, look, I'm not going to defend some of the... like He's missed some sitters, let's be honest. Um, but it is a bit of a weird one in the... Look, we all know he's low on confidence. We all know it's not going particularly well for him. But he's only getting ten, fifteen minutes here and there anyway, mm. and and I think it's difficult to like come out the game and go, "Oh, Grig was crap again." At the end, you're like, "Well, he's barely been in the gate, like yeah. he's barely been on the pitch." Um, with White, like without sounding too harsh, I think he's just a pretty bog standard League One footballer, and you're gonna you're gonna get games where he looks pretty good, and you're gonna get games where he doesn't. And I think, in fairness to to both of them, I think we we struggle to kind of have an identity like a, a specific way of playing like they are very different strikers and you kind of feel like because to my mind and I know Griggs been on the bench more often than not this season but to my mind the manager's still not exactly sold on Wyke as his main striker or mm. like was 
we're talking about McNulty, McNulty will probably come in if he's fit. Yeah. And so I feel like the way we're playing is a bit of a halfway house. It's like, well, we're not 100% sure on Mike, so we can't just like, we can't always set up a way to facilitate him. Likewise, Greg, and then you end up with kind of like a middling approach, which just doesn't really suit either of them. Does Greg's not approach on uh, as a striker match McNulty's in, st- in style? You know, you said that the way he got in between the defenders against Rotherham. I'd agree, yeah, which was why it was maybe a little bit of a waste not to bring Greg on earlier in that game um, against Rotherham. Um, but yeah, I do feel for Greg in a lot of ways because he's not been given a consistent run in the team. Um, the only rationale I can see behind it was, um, can you remember when White was um, like really badly struggling at the turn of the year when he came to the team? I remember being on a podcast with um, Lee Howie and he made the point that bringing White on with 10-15 minutes left is actually a really good thing if you're a striker that's out of form because it means you come on, you run yourself into the ground and if a, the ball falls for your grip, but fans aren't going to come away from the game saying, oh he's useless, he didn't score in 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, so he said that in a way can like gradually rebuild your confidence. So you come off and you say, right, I've like given me all, I've done some good things, and then that can like build the foundations for getting back into form. So you think that's what the manager may be doing with Grig then? Perhaps, but as I say, I just I, I don't think it's working because, like you say, Chris, if we create one chance for him, he misses that chance. Yeah, I, th- I think the the problem with Grig is from the minute he signed, there was an awful lot of pressure on his shoulders. Like that is like you, you hear, like it's a bit of a nonsense argument, really. But you hear people say like. I don't know, like Manchester United spent eighty nine million quid on Paul Pogba and when he was playing badly, like he's not worth eighty nine. Can have you seen how he's playing and it's like, okay, well he might not be, but that the fact that they paid that for him isn't actually his fault. Yeah. Um like if if we've gone out and spent a relative fortune on Will Grigg and he's not living up to that amount of money, that okay, he, I think he should be doing better, like don't get me wrong, but it's it's not his fault that we decided to pay that amount of money for him. But the, the problem when you do pay that sort of money for someone is the the pressure comes immediately. And, and if he doesn't live up to the pressure, if he doesn't hit the ground running. I agree with you, but I think given Will Griggs' record, it's not... Oh, no, a... I think he should be doing better. Oh, no, I agree, but I, what I'm saying is I think the pressure would be the same if he'd been a free transfer out of contract at oh, Wigan. Because of his record. Because of his record. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. I just think... I, I, think, I think you've got a point there, but, but I do think the manner in which... The, the transfer took place. He was very much going to be the guy who Fires fired us to promotion. Yeah, he yeah. was like because if if you remember, like two hours before the window shut, everyone was like, "Well, we're not. We don't have a striker. Like mm-hmm. we're not. We're not going to get promoted. Like Kimmy Walker's going to be playing up front on his own, or because White will be injured and whatever." Then we're signing Greg, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, we've signed Will Greg. Like we're absolutely we've got a better player than Josh Madger, which on. At Sunderland, there's be, there's a, there's been no basis for that since. Yeah. Like I say, look, I'm not I'm not turning around and saying don't don't expect anything from Will Grigg because we absolutely should expect it. And there's been misses he's made, which I think he'll even admit that he, he's never made in his career before. But I think it's a bit of a perfect storm. And and the problem is, the longer it goes on, the the smaller the chances that it is going to go right from here. Um, 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How, how you fix it, I'm, I'm not particularly sure, um, to be honest. Well, we'll find out over time, I guess. I, 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 for one, really wanted to work out for him. Yeah, we I, all th- do. I think everyone does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... like <laughs> You get you get some people call him lazy, and I don't think he is particularly lazy. I just think we don't we don't play to his his way of playing, mm-hmm. which is again isn't to say that he shouldn't be doing better. But I think sometimes strikers, especially strikers, can look lazy when it's when it just isn't working for them. Yeah, I mean, put it one way: if he was scoring goals, he could be doing exactly the same in terms of his work rate. Nobody would bat an eyelid. Oh, exactly. Mm. Well, yeah. You'd hope not. <laughs> right then. Um, well, it seems that like you're here, Chris. Um, do we know anything more about takeovers? The, the, we haven't seen anything more. Well, just because you, you love your finance stuff, don't yeah, you? Let's be honest. Thanks. But we haven't seen anything else really happening, have we? We we heard some rumours coming out of a, a concert uh, yeah, branch. Five minutes from my house. Yeah, but you, which yeah. you weren't even there. I wasn't there, yeah. You, you well, had... I thought it was probably a bad idea, to be honest. No, I'm sure. <laughs> it would have been all friendly. Uh, but yeah, it, there was some, some, some you know, Speech got out of, of that, that yeah, thing. and then he went. The, the owner went on to clarify it. Yeah. I think we're not further forward, are we? No, I don't think. So. Well, I mean, we don't know, do we? Um, I think on the on the talk in last week, um, I don't know when it was originally arranged. Um, I would like to think it was prior to this deal becoming a possibility. Because yeah, I think these I, things are booked in well in advance. Yeah, I was going to say because. Truthfully, I I don't not not because uh, he might see anything out of turn or anything. I just well actually yeah it is because he might see something. Well <laughs> because it's kind of a no win situation for him really. Like he goes and somebody asks about the takeover and he goes, oh, which I can't. is inevitably going to happen. Of, of exactly. course, gonna, I, apparently it was the first question of the night, unsurprisingly, and then he's left in a position where he's built up this aura of being transparent and we're going to tell you everything, but this isn't the sort of thing you can talk about openly. So what does he do? Look, I I don't I still don't know exactly what was said. I I have a feeling that some people have been a bit mischievous about it. My opinion, um, not with any sort of like alluding to knowing what's going on behind closed doors or anything, but things like this take time. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I mean, how, you, how long did the Ella Short takeover take? The Ella Short the the Ella Short one was weird because Ella Short, um, he came on board in august 2008 mm-hmm. which is when all the irish guys yeah. kind of depart he'd first spoken to, he'd first met quinn like a couple of years before that mm-hmm. and then i think it took place, no one really knows but i think it took place over that summer in 2008 but he didn't actually become like complete owner until the end of the that season wow. so like a whole year and that that wasn't because it took a year to iron it all out it was just the way it went. but like i think I wonder if like some people's perceptions are skewed a bit by the fact that last year, like the last day of April, um, Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven got announced. Three weeks later, they were in place. I mean, yeah. even then, people were going, "Oh, what's taking so long? How's it taking so long? like three weeks?" Or I think it was five weeks because they only started looking at it two weeks beforehand. 
five weeks to buy a business. If it's any consolation to Sunderland fans, I've been trying to. I was buy just about to use this example. I've been moving house yeah. for like five weeks. Yeah, well, it took me it took me three months to buy a house that nobody was living in. Yeah. So like it's like, and this isn't just buying a house yeah. kind of thing. And look, it's I, the house and all its kids. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think like perhaps people's perceptions are skewed because last year it was done very very quickly, but. As the owners themselves have said, they didn't do really much, if any, but they did a very, very small amount of due diligence. That is why, ever since they took over, we've heard about skeletons coming out of the closet, this, that, and the other. Look, these guys, these guys. Well, that just shows how much of a broken well, exactly, yeah, basket case it was. Really. Exactly, and the, these guys. First of all, these these guys don't know anything about football. Like they've never, oh, sorry, they've never ran football club before they've never mm. been in the sport before mm-hmm. so they're going to want to know about everything they're going to be checking absolutely everything like let's re- let's remember that this isn't their own their only thing to do it's not like these are three bored blokes sitting around going oh let's let's go spend some money on a football club like they've they've got other things going on yeah chances are they're not working on this every day if, if even like mm-hmm. twice twice a week it might just be a weekly phone call or yeah. a weekly pop over i think I do. I think the issue really is that when that Times article came out, um, it was facilitated by people close to the club drumming things up mm-hmm. and and suggesting it was very close. That gets people excited. Now we're like five weeks down the line, and people are going, "Oh, there must be something going on." I don't think there is anything particularly wrong. I think they just they're looking at it. They're looking at it properly, which is what we should want them to do. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't have set a company up. With like one of the most using one of the most expensive law firms in the world, if they weren't serious, mm. um, to me it's it's just taking a time. And realistically, while we we might all be like, oh, we need this to happen now, like we want it to happen now, to them they're probably looking and thinking, oh, well, what's what's the rush? Like mm. we can't. Okay, off the field, like structurally they can change things, but on the field they can't do anything for three months. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. I think we've covered that. So let's look ahead towards the the weekend's fixture against Lincoln. I guess the main stories out of, of Lincoln this year since they came up is they've lost their famous manager duo who've gone off to Huddersfield, is it? I think they've gone to. And now we have Michael Appleton, who lost his first league game against Blackpool. They did lose in the um, Leeson.com the other night as well against Man United. Um, but and he was he was in the stands for the game against Oxford. Oh, uh, was got he? Beat. Yeah, six oh, nil. Right. So he kind of like That's probably I'm good. here. Yeah. I'm not really in charge. So I wasn't really in charge. If there weren't, he would have been like, yeah, it was all me. Yeah, I, I did the team talk and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite the Roy Keane against West Brom. In no, back, no, no, no. But yeah, so I mean, they they're currently uh, in the eleventh in League One. Uh, they've on thirteen points, played four, drawn one, but lost six. Yeah, yeah and they won. I'm sure the. The four were in the first six, yeah. yeah. The four wins, yeah. The so they were, they were, they were top, weren't they? I think. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is where I do feel so a little bit. We've so- never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. But it, this is where I think it's a little bit harsh on Appleton because they have won one game in ten, so it goes back a little bit further than when he came in. I mean, people's got their own views on him as a football manager. I mean, I watched um, Quest last week and he was on there and he comes across as like a very intense sort of guy mm. and he's very tactical and I think maybe with him you either like buy into it massively and you succeed or you don't and I think his career shows that so far. He's been at clubs and had like really short stints somewhere and at Oxford he did quite well and obviously he was on Leicester's coaching staff and he, he's built himself a decent reputation in the game. Um, we, we were linked. I was at one just point. about. He wasn't really heavily linked. I don't, I don't know whether there was anything to that or whether it was just like the Stuart Donald Ox. Yeah, it's thing. just the manager, you know, yeah. conveyor belt, isn't it? Point one, we had have been gutted if we got him. <laughs> Honestly, like. <laughs> 
Well, we haven't. This is where the narrator like goes yeah. and cuts to him, like <laughs> celebrating a win on Saturday in front of Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the the form has certainly dipped of, of recent. They haven't got the the new manager bounce. Uh, they've got a player in Tyler Walker who's was, got five goals. Yeah, this he's got, and he scored quite a few. He was in League Two with mm. Mansfield last year. Right, he scored quite a few goals because he's on loan from Forest. So yeah. Um, so, yeah, want to keep an eye yeah, on. One to watch. I but how do how do we set up away against Lincoln then? I don't see why we don't set up like we would set up at home against anyone. Mm. Like we've kind of already covered this ground, but it's it's not like in the Premier League where you go away to someone you're like a point will be a good result. Yeah, like it's like no, we're in League One. Three points will be a good result. Yeah, especially against a team which has lost four of the last five and only came up this season and only came up this year. Yeah, exactly. And have only got a new manager who, as Mickey has said, may well. Not not be the world's greatest. Mm. Um, yeah, I think like we we go for it essentially. So do we see a similar side to what we saw at the the weekend against MK Dons, but with maybe if if McNulty and McGeady are fit, do they come straight back in, Mickey? We've got to simple as that. Um, I you think just sacrifice though. I think I would take Maguire out for McGeady. Yeah, and then that starts obviously just straight swap um, White out for McNulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think you can leave Ada McGeady out. I don't. I don't really. Um, I, I wouldn't understand the logic, and especially for Maguire, because I think Maguire is very. I know. I know everybody likes him, but I, I think. I think he's very hit and miss. Yeah. Last week he was very much miss. So O nine retains his his new position. Yeah. <laughs> his new old position. Yeah. He has to, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, in, in fairness to him, like, look, said it before. Like, he offers. He offers a bit of energy. Power's been excellent recently. Um, I thought. I thought McGeady. Was was all right last week. I'm, look, I'm not going to say that he was amazing or anything, but I think I think he gets some undue stick. Um, I, I th- and I thought, enough to get dropped, surely. No, you'd hope not. But then again, last season I thought he had his best game against Luton at home, and he got dropped after that. He did. So. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I would I would make the changes Mickey has said, but otherwise I would I would certainly set up the same way. Okay, then with that in mind, almost at the end, so p- prediction time. Unless you want to do any other business. Oh, I did actually ask the. Uh, uh, yeah, the you, general public. You tell us about this beforehand. I, I, you know, this is a kind of <laughs> peek behind the curtain. <laughs> it's a, just a bit of admin I was instructed to do by, uh, by one Gareth, of the, was it? Yeah, he's, he's the king the of admin. admin. Uh, so I said, anything else? Uh, anything you want us just to, to discuss? Uh, a lot of people going on about Mao's pies or Moore's pies. Did anyone know about that? In Lincoln? No, no. Just ah. say generally. Uh, ah. uh, uh, I, I'm really <laughs> craving Moore's pies. Um, he's pasty. And a bag of their peas and gravy. A bag of peas? Is this, Never heard of this. Is this still related to Lincoln against someone? Or? Yeah, this is, I asked people to send tweets in to, what to find out what, 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 what you want us to discuss. Oh, right. uh, Marty Moonpie says, uh, should you eat leftover pizza hot or cold? Um, I say cold. Yeah. Probably. Warmed up for me. Warmed up for you. Yeah. Like a bit soggy. Uh, M. Jacko in 1989 says, striker options. I think White gives us absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> not sure did what he, his strengths are. Did he capitals? Uh, I'd go with Grig if McNulty isn't uh, fit. I, in fairness, I would be inclined to do that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Keelan says, what's the <laughs> best part of being the ultimate disaster movie? Can, can, can we just like, Move on. Can we just block him? Yeah. Waste <laughs> um, of time. Why can't we... This is from Gav Newman who says, why can't we be more consistent in games instead of great half and then disappearing in the other half? I think that's a good question, which... We can't answer that, do we? No. We can talk it about it. would cover a lot of the 75 games 
or the 74 games that we've uh, discussed. Gab goes on further to say, it's gone on for too long. See? Is it, is it fitness, belief or tactics? Um, I don't think it should be fitness. Shouldn't be fitness. Nah. Uh, I think probably a mix of belief and tactics, right. I would say. Because, um, yeah, I think I think sometimes we, we, um, we rush to blame the manager for things when we, we forget the... Like, footballers have brains of their own and sometimes they don't they often don't believe in themselves another tweet uh, from Dave B it says uh, time to give Greg a settled run tell him you've got the next five games to do something and everyone back him support him and give him a chance White can be used as an impact and McNulty can be nursed back no I think that Greg definitely does need to run the side to try and um, get himself back into form but the question earlier um, that Chris answered about um, our good first half, our good second half performances, I don't think it was quite as simple as that on Saturday, in fairness. Um, no, but when when we're talking in a in an overall sense, I think people are getting a little bit of a misconception that last season, Luton and Barnsley played brilliant for 90 minutes every week. And I think the reality is far from it. So Luton, I was there for the away game and the home game, and we should have won comfortably on both occasions. Um, Barnsley, I watched them a few times and looked awful, but they got the results. And 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 again, we've got to be better at doing that. But I do think it's a little bit of um, a stretch to say that, um, that a lot of these teams that get promoted do perform well for ninety minutes. I'll okay. be honest. I, I know obviously they covered the last weekend's game on the Monday pod, but I came up. So when I looked on social media and read certain things on Sunday morning, I was quite surprised at some of the reactions because they were okay. Look, I don't think we were great in the. Se- I thought we were decent. I thought we were pretty good in the first half. I don't think we were great in the second half, but I thought we were fine. And when I see people say we we're hanging on and under the cosh, like did did they look like scoring apart from when they did score? Like, I don't think I, our goalkeeper certainly wasn't peppered with shots or anything like that. But that's what I mean. And I I I wasn't watching the game thinking, oh God, we really need to get the full yeah. time here. Like we just want this game to be over. I yeah. didn't, I didn't think we looked particularly uncomfortable. No. And sometimes it's okay to defend well, which we yeah. did for the majority of the game on Saturday. Right, heads back on to the weekend. Prediction time away against Lincoln City on Saturday. Mickey, you can start. What's it going to be? No clean sheet for us. 3-1, though. We're going to win. 3-1. That's the new 1-1. One, one. That's what I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to go um, clean sheet and 3-0. Wow. Big score. I didn't say here too. <laughs> no, to Sunderland. We'll assume it's Sunderland. We'll assume it's Sunderland. I'm going to say I'm going to agree with Mickey. I think we'll win three-one. Another non-clean sheet, but I'll take a three-one victory and no clean sheet every week. Yeah. Right. That's it for uh, the preview pod. The guys it will be. Oh, are you you going down to Lincoln? Aren't you? I am. Yes. I think there's a few of them uh, going down. So there may be a reaction pod. I'm on a very early train, so it may be a very slurred reaction <laughs> pod. Hey, you've been there before. That's I have. All right. uh, they usually get taken down. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, Stephen and Gareth will probably be back on Monday for the normal podcast as well. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. I'll see you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.